This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Kodrak shoots and scores! Calgary native Austin Wagner makes a beautiful move and puts the puck past Jacob Markstrom. His first goal or point in the NHL since April 12th of 2021. And the Blackhawks have taken a 4-2 lead. That goal from Austin Wagner winds up being your game winner. Blackhawks four, Flames three. Flames finish their regular season matchups against the Blackhawks 0-2-1. And miss out on an incredibly important two points. Heading into tonight's matchup against the Winnipeg Jets. All hope not lost. But the path to the playoffs gets a lot more difficult for Daryl Sutter and the Calgary Flames after another loss to a team below them in the NHL standings. Hour two of Sports Today today's underway. It's Logan Gordon along with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. Hour one, a double dip of uh, Flames and Jets analysis. Peter Labardius and Ken Weeb joining us. Of course, for all things Flames and Jets. So if you're looking for uh, our breakdowns on both sides, Hour 1, the place to go for that one here in Hour 2. We will hear from a number of uh, Calgary Flames on a game day in Winnipeg, including associate coach Kirk Muller, who handled media duties today, Michael Backlund, Milan Lucic, and Noah Hannafin, all still to come on Hour 2. But I thought now would be a good time to let the fan base vent a bit. I was, of course, at the game last night with Pat for Flames reporting duties, listened to the post-game show Flames Talk on my way home, and heard a frustrated fan base, uh, a disappointed fan base, to some an angry fan base last night. Uh, so an opportunity now for you to to let it all out on the fan feedback line, 960-960, the text line, is always open to you here on Sportsnet today. Love to have your opinion on this. Uh, a quick thought from myself before we, we dive into what we saw last night. A lot of it uh, I've used, I've heard a couple people use the term last night being a microcosm of the Flames season, and I couldn't agree with that more. I said it to Pat last night during the second intermission. Yeah, it's good that you're in the game, and that's great. It's always nice to be in a game heading into the third period. But, and again, not to use a a terrible pun, that's not what this is, but you you kept playing with fire if you're the Calgary Flames with those comeback wins, right? At some point, it was going to burn you getting down multiple goals to Vancouver or Anaheim or, in this case, Chicago, and we know from the first 75 games of this season that this is not a team that is built on most nights to come back and win hockey games. didn't matter if it was the Blue Jackets. It didn't matter if it was the the Habs. 
put whoever, whatever team you want, what other the 31 teams, Capitals, Penguins, whoever, it didn't matter. This is not a team that was built and designed to have success coming back in hockey games and to do it at the most important time of the year was just asking for trouble. And that's what you got last night. You got trouble. And that's that's not even to, to get into the conversation about a lot of people, myself included, were of the opinion that it should have been a Dan Vladar start last night. I don't think it was all on Jacob Markstrom, especially going into the third period where the team was loose to start. Chicago was clearly coming out with a push, and the Flames did not respond to that in a proper manner. Both of those are odd man chances early on in the third period that led to goals. Would you have loved to stop it? Absolutely, you would have loved to stop I also would have loved for it to not be back-to-back odd man chances against. And perhaps the most frustrating part of last night for many was the play of number 91, Nazem Kadri. That play that leads to Chicago's second goal late in the first period is flat-out unacceptable from anybody, let alone the top-paid player on your team, a guy who's supposed to be a leader and set the standard for others in the organization. That's just not good enough. And it hasn't been good enough from Nazem Kadri since, really, the All-Star break. And if you haven't noticed, and I know you have because the people who listen to this station, who text in, watch as much and consume as much as they possibly can, this team cannot afford to have a $7 million passenger, let alone a $7 million negative player like he was last night. That's what he was. It wasn't even just that he was invisible, like and I'm trying to harp on everybody today, but there have been games where Jonathan Huberto's been, you know, I'll use the term invisible or quiet, but he hasn't necessarily hurt the team. Or two plays directly leading to goals from Nazem Kadri last night. That is just not good enough. At this point in your career, with all that he's been through, all the fight that he has in his game, that we've seen year after year, put your second hand on the stick and get that puck behind the net to Troy Stetcher. You've made that play a thousand times. You need to make it a thousand and one. And yeah, I, if you came out of that last night, and I see it on the text line already, and we'll get to it nine six zero nine six zero in just a couple of moments here. If you came out of that incredibly frustrated because you rolled the roller coaster with this team the last couple of weeks where Winnipeg has left that door open for Calgary and the flames have sort of inched their way up until tonight trying to push through that door and that's what you get last night yeah you have every right to be frustrated because I, I don't think and even if you weren't on the the belief side of things that this team was going to find their way into the playoffs. I think even those people would agree that the door was opening more than it probably should have for the Calgary Flames in the last couple of games. And despite how it might have looked against some lesser teams in the NHL standings, they had picked up four straight wins that they hadn't done all year. So there was every reason to start believing again 
and then you just flat out hit a wall going 60 last night against a team that, let's be honest, doesn't have a superstar, doesn't have, I don't know really if we're even talking about their next wave of, of players that will begin to lead the Chicago Blackhawks out of this. That's where, where that team is. And at, at some point, the, the question has to be, what what is this team? Are we learning what this team really is? And it's, again, probably a team that if you don't, as many have pointed out, if you can't beat Chicago once in a season, maybe the, the, the facts are right in front of us. And maybe it should have been there the entire time that you aren't a playoff team. Despite other things becoming clear and because another team hasn't exactly closed out the door doesn't mean that Calgary's perception of what they are has changed either. Uh, let's get to the text line, 960-960. Uh, still taking many of your texts here. Um, <laughs> start with Tyler's, who texted in earlier uh, from Boness. Uh, he says, I love Lou. I love Big Logo. Hell, I even love Cam. That's something... So he loves Cam. Uh, with this pathetic excuse for a team is done getting my love. I just can't stop thinking how delusional you have to be to waste your time thinking, well, mathematically, they still have a chance. Get out of here with that garbage. This team doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs and will not be in the playoffs. I'm switching over uh, to cheer on Taylor's ringette team from here on out. It's soccer, guys. No, no, you did change it to soccer. We reminded them. Uh... Couple more here, and there's a lot. This one is an interesting take on it. Patrick from Calgary said Calgary should be playing on line one with Defoley and Lindholm. Period. The success he had pre All Star break was on the power play with those two, not stuck between Richie and Dubé as he is now. He's not being used properly. And while I don't disagree that he's had better line uh, mates this season, Patrick, both of the examples and the problems that I had with Calgary's game last night came on individual plays on his own stick. Had nothing to do with his line mates. And that's that's just not good enough. And for a guy that, again, is this team's top played player this season until the contract of Jonathan Huberto kicks in officially, the extension kicks in officially, still needs to be more than that. Uh, this text says, Kadri's been the exact opposite of what we all thought he would be. Why was he not stable to the bench after that god-awful no-care giveaway? He followed that effort up with a repeat performance. It's clear he wants out. And that's an interesting way to look at it, too, because it, doesn't it just feel like not all that long ago the coach was telling us, hey, the, the coach's tool nowadays, their biggest asset in, in managing players is is ice time, right? That's what Daryl just told us not all that long ago. And and I get that it's a, an important game last night and you need your best players, but what? I guess what example does that set for other players last night knowing that that, that kind of mistake is going to happen and you're not going to miss a shift or you're not going to to see any sort of backlash for it? I, I think that's what a lot of people we're trying to figure out last night. Uh, Chris from Calgary says, Hey logo today. I'm really pissed with the flames and more at Kadri. I'm getting sick of everyone saying he's an impact player. In my mind, he isn't. 
He wasn't that good or impactful in Toronto. He was barely a second-line guy on a stacked Colorado team, but then signs here, and everyone thinks he'll be a savior. Uh, come on now. If he wants to be an impactful player, he needs to pull his head out of his butt, grow up, and start playing smart hockey. Don't blame the coach because you suck this year. End of rant. The only thing I would push back on a bit, I don't think he was a complimentary piece in Colorado. I think he was more than that, and I think that's why expectations were raised. He really did up his game in Colorado. And I think that's why it's even more frustrating that we're sitting here today having this sort of conversation because I do think he's taken a legitimate step from being just a a middle-of-the-rotation kind of guy in your lineup to a guy that I think was supposed to have an impact. Where's the, the fight, the pushback? All of those things that we did see in Colorado, that to me is what hasn't shown out here in Calgary. Uh, Dan in BC, I like this text, says, uh, I believe until the math tells me not to. Fair enough. A win tonight. Uh, you still don't really hold your own fate. You would need to have a, a couple of big favors from the Winnipeg Jets down the the stretch here, but you can absolutely... Do yourself a favor, Dan, by picking up two points tonight against the Jets. Uh, what's the, this text says? The whole team's been inconsistent this year in the defense. The defensive score has not core has not been great either. They give up a breakaway and odd man rushes. That's tough on the goalies, a hundred percent. Um, <laughs> just to uh, to take an unnecessary shot of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, I'll read this text. It says uh, the Flames remind me of the Rough Riders, built to compete. Not built to win. Interesting. Uh, this text says nobody that's lazy. Uh, nobody is that lazy like Kadri. He did that on purpose and brushed it off post game. I believe that's in reference to the the first giveaway. Eric Francis read an interesting article last night on Sportsnet.ca, and he brought up an interesting point, and that was that how Naz handled it in the locker room last night was a really interesting point of view to this too. And I'll, you know what? I'm actually going to play it here. Give me a sec to find it because it wasn't that long. They had to get on the, uh, the plane last night. So it was a quick post game last night. Let me find it here. Here's Nazem Kadri. It's just a minute 53. I'll play it for you because it, I I see where the, the text line is going and it's a lot on Kadri last night. And I understand why. And here's what that texter is referencing because Naz got asked about it, you know, pretty upfront last night by a number of different guys in the media, um, including Eric Francis, about some of those giveaways that happened last night. And his reply didn't sit well with a lot of people. Here's part of Nazem Kadri uh, post game in the Flames locker room last night. Nazem, your thoughts on the game? Um, <clears throat> yeah, obviously a tough one to lose. Um, you know, not not good enough. We're gonna have to bounce back tomorrow. Was puck management an issue in this game for the Flames? Uh, I certainly think so, for sure. Um, it's unfortunate. They hop on a couple of bounces, take advantage of some mistakes, and uh, you know, ends up costing us. What yeah. happened on that second goal, Naz, that they scored? Um, just turned it over. They made a nice play. Uh, you know, Ice was getting a little chippy there at the end of the period. You got to simplify your game and just uh, you know, can't uh, can't make those mistakes. Daryl did say that, but he felt you know, guys on tired legs and they play the game as simple as possible. To Mm. Uh, I think so. I mean, besides, uh, you know, those uh, those mishaps, I think, uh, you know, we had a lot of opportunities and certainly 
some positive, but you know, at the end of the day, you got to find ways to win, and uh, tonight we didn't. That part there with Eric asking him exactly what happened on the second goal is is the part that has a lot of people wondering where Naz is at right now. Yeah, you know, the guy makes a nice play. Ice is chippy at the end of the first period. I don't I don't know about that one. That caught a lot of us in the scrum last night in the locker room kind of looking at each other. And I'll, I'll be the first to give the guy credit last night uh as the team is rushing to get packed and, and get uh, on the plane to Winnipeg. He didn't have to come out last night. He knew he was going to be asked about both of those plays, and he was. It's, it's a veteran move to come out and face the music when you know you had a bad game. But I'll say it this way. Did a lot of people that I've seen on social media or right now on the text line or wherever you consume your Flames content, did a lot of people buy last night that... Uh, it was just a good play by Boris Kachuk, and the ice was chippy at the end of the game, at the end of the period there. Uh, no. That's what I think has a lot of people with their backs up about that response uh, from Nazem postgame. Uh, more of your text at 960-960. Letting us have a little bit of a vent session following a tough loss last night to the Chicago Blackhawks Flames. Back in action tonight against the Winnipeg Jets. Letting you have your say on the text line 960960. What's always open for you here on Sportsnet today? Um, where did it go here? Um, da, 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 da. here's one that I want to read. Uh, if Pelche or Dewar or any other young player had put on Kadri's effort on the ice, they'd be stable to the bench for seven games, yet Kadri will play tonight totally undermines any notion of accountability. Uh, this one says, uh, nice to see Kadri playing up to that contract. I'm astounded by while he's playing and his given F meter is so high. How many years of this crap do we have again? Oh, wait, six years after this one. Uh, this text says, there's a school of thought that believes ownership in Sutter wanted Huberto at any cost. Any thoughts? I don't believe Trilliving would commit to one player to that extent, it's a that's a, a, a bigger conversation picture than the one we're having right now. I'll say this. I'll say given where the team was in the offseason, having two guys or at least one guy with a, a year remaining on his contract uh, leave for nothing, I, I still am in favor of, of them signing Huberto and Uyghur. Uh, to long-term contracts, even before they'd played a game. I think it's just, I think it's asset management. I don't think anybody saw this sort of season coming from Jonathan Huberto. That'll be for more on another day. I, I, I'm not I'm not saying that that text, that's not part of the conversation right now, but um, I still think that that was one that was okay. Uh, Jamie and Airdrie text in logo. You have to be consistent and good to make the playoffs. Flames are neither. Jim texts in, says, at least they got rid of Sean Monahan. All that guy did was play through injury, try his hardest. Who would need a guy like that? Yeah, lots of sarcasm in that one from Jim, and I understand 
Uh, 100%. A lot of people um, this year looking back on guys like Sean Monaghan, who, you know, physically wore out their bodies to a certain extent and uh, continued to, to give everything they had. Uh, it's easy to look at those guys, especially after a night like last night, and even to Jim's point, uh, to look at a guy like Chris Tanev, who came in and played 18 and a half minutes last night, nowhere near 100%, laid a huge body check. Uh, which I, I love that Chris Tanev can't turn off being Chris Tanev. It's like you see them go and he just lays the body. Man, you just came back from injury. But he doesn't know. He doesn't know any other, other way to play, and I love that about him. And I think that more guys like that would certainly be better for the Flames right now. Uh, a couple more texts here. Pedro texting in. Uh, the decision to start Markstrom set the tone for the Flames to lose last night. You could tell he's fighting it. Should have been a Vladar start. If you don't have faith in Vladar, then bring up Wolf. It's an interesting one. And Daryl put it in a way that was hard to argue with, and I give him credit for that because if you were the one that, that bought into what was said last night, I don't even think that it was necessarily the wrong decision. I think there were other decisions that you could have Made, obviously, Pedro, you could have gone to Vladar last night, and I think you would have you could have suffered the same fate because, for me, the team around them weren't good enough, and, and that was the biggest problem was that last night wasn't about goaltending for me, and I don't walk away thinking about the goal. I, I think it's an interesting topic, and I think it's one that's worth having, especially walking into a back-to-back tonight where the two points mean literally everything to your season. But the goaltending should have been irrelevant against Chicago. That is a majority AHL lineup last night. Yes, in a big game, you absolutely want your best players. But why in the world is every game against the 30th or the 30th? Why are those always big games? That to me was the the bigger issue, and that's not to. I'm not trying to dispel Pedro. I know you're a longtime listener, and I know you're you're checking in on Twitter and everything with us, and we appreciate you. I'm not trying to to, to discredit your your text there because I was on the Vladar train too heading into last night's game. I, I think you have an above average backup goaltender when he's playing well, and that should be a spot where you're okay playing him. But this organization at this point in the season wasn't. Uh, more of your texts here. Um, maybe a, this text is maybe a tired, ornery, and embarrassed Flames team absolutely schooled the Jets tonight. Maybe uh, that's the the hardest part of all of this is I can't I can't say that that text is wrong. Isn't that the insanity of what this entire season is? They absolutely could play their ass off tonight. It wouldn't stun me. It really, it really wouldn't. They've shown at times they can be a good team. But as, as Pat always references, and if you listen to Flamestock on a regular basis, you know that's kind of what makes these teams in the middle so frustrating is that lack of consistency. The playoff teams are, are usually in because they're consistently good. The teams that are at the bottom of the standings are there because they're consistently bad. And you're where you are if you're the Calgary Flames, if you're neither of those things. 
some days you're good and some days you're bad. That's where you that's where you get if if that's how you play. So yeah, could I see them go down and do that tonight? Sure, but I mean does that does that change anything for the season? Does that give you more faith that they've suddenly turned things around? I, I don't know that it does. Um couple more here before we get out of here and uh, come back on the other side here from a couple of players on a game day from Winnipeg. Uh, this one says the only thing chippy on the ice was Kadri himself. This text says, uh, no, Naz, the ice wasn't chippy. Take it like a man. Uh, you've got to be better than that, period. Uh, this text says Kadri did not own it. Thunder's been awful all year, but you can't do that. Uh, this text says, wouldn't mind seeing Pelche in for Richie. Richie's been invisible. Actually didn't mind Nick last night. I thought he did a decent job creating some space in front of the net. But yeah, I would, I'm would. i of the train that I'd, I'd much rather at this point. I think it'd be better for Jacob. I think it'd be better for the team to have him in some of these important games and to see where he fits in this conversation. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But do I think... Uh, there's an, an interesting conversation to be had about that. Sure. I still think the conversation of, if you're not going to play Jacob Peltier, send him down to the A at this point. With Coronado here and uneligible to play in the AHL, ineligible, uneligible? It's ineligible, right? I'm just an idiot? Yes. Thank you. Um, my poor grammar aside... Coronado can't go down to the A. You still have Ruzichka sitting as an extra forward. With Stone healthy, you now have two extra D healthy. If Pelchi's not going to play here, play him somewhere. If he's not going to play any of the games that matter here, go to the Wranglers where he's been good all year, playing games that matter there and get ready for a Calder try. Just the press box life, I just I don't know at what point that that... Remember, this was a guy that sat for two weeks to start his NHL call-up this year. I think he gets what looking from uh, 500 feet above the ice looks like, or whatever it was that Darren Haynes uh, so eloquently wrote for for so many years. Uh, a couple more. we got to get out of here. I know the text line's going crazy. I'm not going to be able to get to all of them, but I appreciate you texting in. I'll get to a couple of them here uh, before we get out uh, and hear from a couple of Flames players on a game day. Because uh, there's some good ones here. Uh, this one says, everyone's crucifying Kadri today about yesterday, and realistically, I believe it's a team thing. Very few players have any saving grace to an extent this season. Uh, I'm going on a wild one here, and I believe as much of a team-positive environment, uh, everyone got tired of going uh, three-quarters of the season 2-0 in the first five minutes of every game. Rasmus's comments after the game reflect a lot of what's going on emotionally with this group. Uh, this text says, Sutter can't sit Kadri right now. It's win now. You put your best players in. If Kadri gives a bleep tonight, he'll be an impact player. Any message gained from sitting Kadri won't be remembered next season. Uh, our pal Cole and Sylvan Lake texted, I put the loss on myself last night. I made the mistake of buying tickets for Monday's game. So now, of course, it's going to be meaningless. Uh, <laughs> I hope the drive's at least good for you, Cole. Uh, this one says logo Kadri's checked out. He knows the team isn't close to having it or what it takes to win in the playoffs. 
I'm predicting a 5-1 loss for the Flames tonight. A couple more here. This one says, I still feel it would be a huge mistake for this team to fire Sutter, even though I questioned uh, some of his choices he's made this season from lineups, etc. The players are held accountable this year. We have a good team here. Maybe they just need another season to turn things around. If Sutter goes, I feel the team will be worse next season. That's from Nat. And uh, before we get out of here, uh, our pal TJ in Strathmore uh, with a good text, and I'll read this one as we get out of here. TJ says, hey, Logan, during the All-Star break, I believe it was Corey Sarich who said Vladdy should start 80% of the remaining games. At the time, I couldn't agree more as he obviously saw the struggles Markstrom was going with. Too late now, but I do think Wolf should have had a stint. The Sabres did it with Devin Levi with their season on the line. In the good old days, Markstrom would have been sent down to the minors, but in today's game, we're too soft. The fact these players can make the money they do when they're struggling on a consistent basis and get to be inserted in the lineup and allow younger players who want to showcase their talents are left uh, foaming at the mouth as they sit in the press box. Desperate times, you would think, call for desperate measures, but instead we act instead we act like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Build the millionaire flames, hockey players, a new rink. Treat them like gold. Don't speak negative about and the new rink will be called Neverland. Um, and just as we as we close out on that, to TJ's text, the only thing I would say is different between Calgary and Buffalo in that comparison, uh, TJ, is that they don't have a Markstrom in, in Buffalo, if that makes sense. They don't have a guy that's supposed to be the number one. I think that there's still plenty of time for Devin Levi to show that he could be that guy or that uh, – uh, they have another goaltender whose name is a uh, younger guy that's sort of uh, – his name is is escaping me right now, of course, when I need it. But Devin I, Levi? No, the other one, the longer name. Ukupekaluokanen? Thank you. That's what you're here for, Tay. Um, Glad and, I can be and of fix, service. And to fix my grammar. Um, so I think it's easier for Buffalo to go into that sense and, and start a Devin Levi in a big game like that because they don't have a Markstrom and they're still – hoping for that next guy to be. I, I know that everyone's clamoring for Wolf, and I think he's he's going to get his opportunity in due time. I just I, I want to hesitate against rushing this guy too quickly, um, knowing that the Flames do have a, a good goaltending base. I'm not, I'm not throwing it out. We just talked to Ken Weave in hour one uh, about the disappointing year that Connor Hellebuck had last year and the mix of poor play from the goaltending and the mix of, of bad defense from the group just led to an above or below average year for him. And look how he's bounced back this year. Um, Pat, who's been one of the, the biggest staunch defenders of, of Markstrom anywhere in this market, has made numerous strong arguments that for a veteran goaltender, uh, and he has the, the stats that he's, he's brought up uh, closer than I do right now, but that you know so many of these seasons wind up being one-year anomalies for um for veteran goaltender. So I think the situation's different. I understand why people want Wolf. I, I get it. Especially when goaltending's been such a a conversation around here. I, I just think right now the way things are going with the Wranglers, uh they're they look like they're poised to go on a really long playoff run in the in the Calder Cup, and I think that, that needs to be their focus right now. Cause there's something not right about this Flames group right now. And I don't want what looks like one of the most promising prospects in my organization to, to feel some of that effect right now. 
Let him do his thing with the Wranglers. You know he's going to play great down the stretch for them and into the postseason. And then hopefully as things start to progress next season for this group and we can come into this with a fresh slate in next in the fall, then maybe I think that that's a better opportunity to introduce Dustin Wolf to this to this process. That's just me. Uh, we got to get out of here. I appreciate everyone on the text line. I missed a ton, uh, but if you did text into 960-960, we appreciate it. The fan feedback line is always open to you here on Sportsnet today. It is a game day. Uh, let's hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames, including associate coach Kirk Muller, Noah Hannafin, and Michael Backlund. That's coming up around the corner here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, one more segment to go here on Sportsnet Today. Despite the loss last night against the Chicago Blackhawks, this game still has a ton on the line for the Calgary Flames. If they want any chance of finding a way into the postseason, two points against the Winnipeg Jets has to be on the table tonight. Really, uh, if we're going to be brutally honest, they'll need that and a lot of help. And two points probably has to come in regulation. But it doesn't stop the fact that this is a huge game for the team and it's going to be a big learning opportunity to see just how dialed in this Flames team is against what's probably going to be um, a talking point for the rest of this season and maybe into the early part of the offseason for the Calgary Flames. Uh, so it is game day. Uh, time to hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames from Winnipeg. Uh, of course, a back-to-back for the Flames. Uh, so they traveled last night into Winnipeg late last night and now uh, getting set to take on the Jets. First uh, person we'll hear from, associate coach Kirk Muller, handling the uh, media duties for the coaches today. Uh, he spoke to the media about uh, what just a, a big game in Winnipeg and what he expects from his team to uh, bounce back after that uh, poor performance against the Blackhawks last night. Hey, these are the games that you're you're excited to play in. So you only have so many opportunities to really look at a game or the 82 court season and say, hey, this really, really matters. And, and it's fun. So it's a great rink, great fans here. It'll be energetic. And I, I expect our guys to come out of the shoot uh, ready to go. What is the mood of the team a night after uh, yesterday's loss? Well, I think they're we got a good group of guys, and they're you know they're disappointed you know that uh, they, they lost, and there's some areas that we could have been better at and everything. But hey, it's it's over. You know, if we had a one last night, we'd be coming in going. You know, we still have to win tonight, and uh, so that's the the beauty of our game with the games. You just wipe it out. Get ready for tonight. Bring your A game, and uh, we're going to need everyone to contribute because uh, we're playing a good hockey team in a, in, a, in a tough place to play. Your team's been chasing a lot lately. They fall behind. <laughs> what are you seeing? How can how can they get these leads early instead of chasing all the time? Yeah, you know, I, I, we got to simplify our game. You know, in the first periods and, uh, and and come out with the more emotion that way, and and uh, you know, trust each other, and just and and, and like tonight, it's uh, like I say, it's a tough place uh, rink to play in. Uh, we just got to play a simple road game uh, with some good emotion, but uh, we got to be disciplined because they have a really good power play. And uh, but if we bring that energy and everyone builds off each other, then uh, you know it's a it's a good way to start the first period here tonight. We asked some of the players that you know growing up, you think about big games, playing in big games as a coach. This is about as big of a regular season game as you're ever going to be in. Yeah. Um, maybe you've had a bigger one in your career. I'm not sure, but how exciting as from a coaching perspective is it to go into a tilt like tonight? Well, it's uh, it's fun for coaches, and it's you know it's, it should be easier, you know, because it's the other day it's about the players, you know, and it's their it's their time, and 
their opportunity to, you know, like we said, it's uh, games like this you want to sit there and say someone has a great opportunity to come up with a big game or a big play or a big goal and everything. But obviously it's collectively that we got to win tonight. But, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to just see the players go out and get ready for these type of games. And, and this, like I say, this is what it's all about. This is what's exciting. And this is what the games you want to play in. You guys just had meetings to look ahead to this game with the Jets. How do you break down what this matchup is between these two teams? They both got scoring, they've got goaltending, they've got some size. Uh, it should be a really interesting game, but how do you see the two teams matching up? Well, they're uh, they're a team that's uh, you know we know Rick and you know we <clears throat> his teams last year in Dallas they're they're, they're going to be structured uh, you know they they don't want to give up much and so we're going to have to fight and scratch and claw to get the space in the old zone and through the neutral zone and. And, uh, you know, they're not going to beat themselves. So we're going to have to, again, play that simple, hard uh, fought type game here tonight. And, you know, they got some fours that can hurt you if you, if you let them uh, with some time. And, you know, they, they're, they're going to the net hard these days, uh, getting their second, third opportunity. So we're going to have to be good around their net. And we're going to have to be good around our net and in all three uh, zones here tonight to, to play a real solid 60-minute game. And special teams are going to be huge as well. Winnipeg have been struggling offensively, and obviously they put up mm -hmm. six goals in back-to-back -back games, perhaps the most impressive against Jersey. When you look at how you guys need to play against them to try to contain this kind of newfound offensive spark, what's the strategy? Well, I think a lot of it, you know, is going to come down to just battle level tonight. You know, it's it's going to be a simple, hard-fought game, and uh, you're going to have to win the trenches and win the 50-50 the battles and come up with pucks, and we can't give them space. and. You know, if you you know if you do that, it's you, you. I think we have to assume that we're going to be in for a hard, hard fought game here tonight, and we got to be ready for that type of style. Associate Coach Kirk Muller handling the media duties for the coaches this afternoon ahead of tonight's matchup against the Winnipeg Jets, and yeah, that game seven mentality, something that's been echoed from a number of different Flames coaches, whether it be Ryan Huska, Kale McLean, Daryl Sutter, and even on the other side of things. Uh, Ken Weeb on his latest at sportsnet.ca getting you set for tonight's matchup between the Flames and the Jets from a Winnipeg perspective. Uh, Rick Bonus, the Jets coach, quick to use that term as well. So should be a playoff-like atmosphere tonight from Winnipeg if that's how both teams are uh, approaching tonight's matchup. Let's hear from Michael Backlund, uh, longtime leader of this Calgary Flames team. If you haven't noticed uh, during this last little stretch here where things haven't been great for the Flames, uh, number 11's been quick to uh, to be the one to come out and speak to the media and own up to some of the things from his side of things. That's not uh, anything new for Backlund, but it's something he's continued to do. He spoke to the media last night following the Flames' loss to the Blackhawks, and uh, here he is again before uh, a game against the Winnipeg Jets uh, out to face the media. Here's Michael Backlund uh, earlier today in Winnipeg. Unfortunately, you don't control your own destiny anymore. You're going to need Winnipeg to lose a few games. How do you keep your spirits and your belief up? Uh, I mean, we can just control what we can control. we got to go out there, like I said, try to have a really big game tonight. Uh, if we win tonight, uh, just still a good chance for us. But, yeah, we yeah we need some help. And uh, looking down the stretch, they, have a, they finish off with two tough games on the road. So... Uh, but at the same time, we got to win all our games that are left, and we know that. And so um, if we do that, we just got to hope we can get some help. This back-to-back -back on paper looks tough considering the travel, but some of the guys have said that adrenaline just kind of kicks in and, and it's not so bad. Do you agree with that? Yeah, no, I think a game like tonight, it's, uh, it, it helps to push all those, uh, the fatigue or um, 
you know, uh, being tired for not sleeping and enough and all that, it kind of takes that uh, away just with the mindset of how big this game is and how exciting this game is. You guys, the starts haven't been great for your team lately. You've been chasing a lot. I know you guys are aware of it, but is there anything you can do differently to get off to a better start and, and get a lead for one? Well, I think tonight the key will be to keep it simple early, uh, coming off a of back-to-back. Um, that's always a big key, uh, playing the second game. Keep it simple early, get everyone involved, uh, get everyone in uh, some quick shifts, uh, stay at the box. Um, and I think uh, we know they've been playing well last couple of games here at home and coming out playing really well right from start. So I think uh, playing that simple game, uh, getting a four check going will help us. Back to your veteran player, your longest tenured flame. You've heard all these must win games and stuff. Is this about as big of a regular season game as you've played in? Yeah, um, for sure. I think, yeah, one of the biggest regular season games uh, in my career with the Flames. Uh, um, you know, um, there's not a, another game that kind of pops up because we never, uh, you know, there's always been uh, <clears throat> times where you can clinch a playoff spot or you've been chasing, but to play head to head with the team they're chasing, I don't know if we've ever done that. Uh, I think, yeah, in the COVID season, we played Montreal. Two or three times at home, and we're chasing them. But I think we were six points behind or something like that, so we're not as close. So yeah, definitely, and it's a one game. It's not three games against someone. So yeah, it's definitely one of the bigger games in the regular season for sure. When you're growing up as a player, you always think about having that opportunity to play in big games, and I guess most are usually playoff games in your mind. But as a player, how exciting is it to go into a game tonight with so much on the line and that ability to go out there and play? Yeah, no, it's it's really exciting. Um, these games are the best games to play. Um, it, uh, it's it's gonna, I'm sure it's going to be some good always good atmosphere here in Winnipeg, but tonight probably a little extra juice in the building as well with the importance of the game. So, um, no, I'm really excited. Michael Backlund, uh, excited for tonight's opportunity against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, he's been front and center, like I mentioned, uh, when it comes to Flames media veils the last couple of days, including uh, speaking to the media last night and then again today on a game day against the Jets. Uh, still two more players to hear from on a game day. Let's start uh, with Milan Lucic, veteran forward, been in big games before. He's uh, well aware of what his team needs to bring to the ice tonight if they want to pick up a key two points. On paper, this back-to-back looks really tough considering the travel, obviously, but some of the guys say that they're not so bad and the adrenaline kicks in and, and it's fine. Do you agree with that? Yeah, sometimes uh, you know it's easier to kind of get going on a back-to-back because you're still kind of in game mode from, from the night before, uh, but... You know, we just had a, we just went over the game plan and video and all that type of stuff and what we need to do to have success. So, uh, I, I mean, everyone's looking forward forward to it. As an athlete, you look, you you know, you look forward to these games and uh, and playing in big games and big moments and and uh, you know, in Winnipeg here with with great fans and you know they've they've played well in their last couple home games. So, lots to look forward to and and uh, should make for a good night. You guys have been chasing lately. You kind of keep falling behind, even though I know you've been talking about trying to get good starts. What can you do to get a good start tonight? You know, I think to, to have a good start, sometimes, uh, you know, when you're talking about it a lot, it, it can sound complex, but I think you have to simplify it. You know, you just just keep things simple, uh, good, hard, sharp uh, plays, uh, you know, passes on the tape and moving your feet and stuff like that. As you saw last night, I think we were... You know, a little bit sloppy, a little bit flat, and and all that type of stuff. So, 
like I said, you just got to simplify it and go out there and uh, and do it. At Winnipeg, they have 12 goals in their last two games. What kind of challenges do you see them bringing tonight? Yeah, obviously, you know they're a good team with a lot of talent, a lot of a lot of great forwards, and you know their D do a good job moving the puck, and obviously, uh, you know really really good goaltenders. So. Uh, you know, it comes down to when you play them every time. It comes down to puck possession, and uh, and your checking game, and and that's something that we have to be at our best here tonight. Lon, you're a veteran player who's played in a lot of big regular season games. Is this one of the biggest, if not maybe the biggest, that you've played in, given what's on the line here tonight? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, probably biggest regular season game I've played in a long time. Obviously, the biggest game uh, of the year uh, for us. So. Uh, yeah, you know, it's just just one of those those things where you just got to embrace the moment, you know, have fun with it and go out there and leave it all out there uh, and do what you can to, to help your team win. That's Milan Lucic, uh, him speaking to the media earlier in Winnipeg. And last but not least, uh, final member of uh, your Calgary Flames doing media bells today was Noah Hannafin. Uh, here he is with his comments ahead of tonight's game against the Jets. You don't control your destiny, unfortunately. You're going to need Winnipeg to lose a few. How do you keep your spirits and belief up in that situation? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's it's never you know ideal to be depending on kind of another team losing, but you know we have an opportunity tonight to go out and, and kind of you know win a game tonight against them and, and beat them and kind of make it a little bit closer and, and, and see what happens on the stretch. Has it been emotionally, um, mentally taxing playing in all the? I mean, they've all been must wins for this mm-hmm. last little stretch. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's felt like it's been you know playoff hockey for a while now, and that's the type of hockey we need to play if we're gonna if we're gonna make it. So, um, you know, I think uh, you know we were we were playing well there for a little bit last night. It was a, a little bit of a setback, but um, you know we just gotta get back to our game tonight and and uh, and hopefully get, come out with the two points. So on paper, this back-to-back looks tough, considering the travel, obviously. But some of the guys have said the adrenaline factor kind of kicks in and it's mm-hmm. actually not so bad. Do you agree with that? Yeah, sometimes on back-to-backs, you know, it's it's depending on the travel and stuff, it can be tough. But sometimes you feel good because you just kind of roll right into the next game. And and obviously tonight with the stakes, it's uh, it's a huge game for us. I think everyone's going to be really fired up for it, and and uh, that'll take over. I feel like I've asked this question a lot, but the starts haven't been great for your team lately. I know you're aware of it. You're been, you've been chasing a lot. How do you how do you fix that? Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's just. I mean, I think it's just about kind of executing our game plan just earlier. You know, sometimes it takes us a period or you know ten minutes to get into it and start playing our game. And I think it's just about being prepared and coming out. And we all know what we're supposed to do. And it's just about kind of getting on on that right away and not letting the the game come to you. You know, coming up, going out, and, and, and forcing our game and, and playing the way we know we can. Last one for you, Winnipeg, all of a sudden they're hot, 12 goals in the last two games. Mm-hmm. What other challenges do they present? Yeah, I mean, they got some some real talented forwards, and obviously uh, they got some good guys on the back end there. So uh, it's, it's always a challenge playing playing Winnipeg, and it's it's a tough building to play, and it gets loud. And, and uh, you know, it's a huge game. We just got to control their, some of their skill guys and, and try to possess the puck and not let them hang on to it too much because that's when they, they usually play well. No, when you're growing up, you always think about playing in big games. This is about as big a game as you can possibly get. What's that like as a player to go into it knowing that it's going to be such an important evening? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, these are the games you want to be a part of. They're fun games, and, and uh, you don't want to let it get too big and, and you know too jacked up. You know, you just want to go out and play your game and, and execute and and just do what you can. And, and uh, but these are always real fun games to be a part of. You know, there's gonna be a lot of emotion in the game, and it, like I said, it's a, it's a fun building to play in. There you go. That is Flames defenseman Noah Hannafin, the final member of the Flames, uh, doing the media rounds in Winnipeg ahead of tonight's matchup against the Jets. Uh, No easy way to put it. You need two points tonight. 
If you're the Calgary Flames, uh, if you walk away with anything less than that, you can pretty much kiss your playoff chances goodbye. It's going to be a huge matchup tonight in Winnipeg. Uh, we'll get out of your hair here. Next up, Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson have you for a short edition of Flames Talk because uh, we got to get to Flames warm-up at 4.30 this afternoon with Steinberg and Lubardius. Puck drop with Wills and Lubardius at 5.30 right here on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960. We'll be back tomorrow to uh, break it all down and get set for their next matchup against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, but a quick thank you to Peter Labardius and Ken Weeb for joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. A reminder, you can find any of our shows and interviews up wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. They go up just minutes after every hour. We'll get out of here. Steinberg and Gilbertson are next for Flamestock. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Enjoy the Flames and the Jets. We'll be back tomorrow for another edition of Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.